It's your boy Rudy, coming at you guys with another podcast. This is my second uh, podcast. Um, my name is Rudy. This is the Rudy Rambles podcast, and basically, what this podcast is, it's just things that I find interesting in the mountain bike world. Um, I'm going to be talking about those kind of things, uh, things that are going on in my life, some current events. Um, I'll do my best to upload a new podcast every Monday and possibly on Fridays. We'll see how the scheduling goes. This is all new to me, but it seems like these go um, pretty good. Um, I'd like to give my first shout out to my one and only sponsor. That is my wife. I call her Princess Honey Bunny. Thank you so much because without you, none of this would be possible. So thank you for your love and your support and uh, your ideas. Really appreciate that. The first topic of today that I'd like to get into is uh, I got a new bike, and I really couldn't be more excited to tell you guys about it because I've already gotten together, I've already gotten a couple of rides on it, and uh, just super stoked about it. But before that, uh, I want to give a special thanks and shout out to Trailhead Mountain Bike Shop. They're in New Brunfels, and if you guys haven't had a chance to get out there to see what uh, Fern and his wife, Yessie's got going on, man, they got they got really cool products they carry um, some really colorful, um, components and you should go check out their shop. But, um, you know, their new mountain bike shop and they kind of got into it. Uh, I don't know if you want to say at a bad time or not, but they haven't been able to get bicycles in, but here recently they did get a couple of bike frames in their dirt jumper frames. They are an evil dealership. Uh, I'm sorry. Yeah. An evil dealer. So evil bikes, that is an evil bike uh, dealer. So they're going to be carrying um, a lot of their products and their bikes. And starting with the first three bikes that they got in, they're all medium-sized frames. They are the Evil um, Faction 2. It's a steel hardtail, um, yeah, steel hardtail frame slash dirt jumper. Um, fits 26-inch wheels. If you're into dirt jumping um, like me, uh, then you're going to really enjoy. Uh, go and pick yourself one of these up. I've actually had... Uh, a couple of my friends, since I posted um, pictures, asked me, how much should I get it? What do I like about it? Blah, blah, blah. I like it a lot so far. So um, the biggest reason that I wanted to give Trailhead Mountain Bike a shout out is because not only did I go there and, um, you know, they're one of the first places I go to, to check out mountain bike stuff, or I'll simply just go out and, and hang out with Fern and, and talk to him and whoever else comes in the shop because that's, you know, sometimes it's got anything that I want to do except hang out at a bike shop. And uh, so... Uh, I go there a lot. Um, so whenever I, I, I got this frame, um, I, I brought my dirt jumper with me because I needed to get there and make sure that everything that I needed um, Fern had, which means, um, you know, switching out all the components because my idea was, you know, take my current dirt jumper there, buy the frame, and swap out everything that um, I had on there. That way it just becomes me paying for the frame rather than trying to, uh, build a new dirt jumper from the from the ground up because f for one components are kind of hard to get a hold of and and two it just the the sheer expense now what drew me to um, getting a new dirt jumper is because the one that I currently have um, the frame on it is a size large and um, I put a shorter stem on there and I probably I mean I should have been with a medium in the, in, to begin with but um, as we all know uh, bike frames, bike components, like everything's really hard to get a hold of. Well, somebody was selling that one basically brand new with a bunch of other components, uh, some handlebars and some new tires and other things that he didn't use um, for the same price that I would have bought the bike new. So that's why I ended up having the Common Saw Absolute to begin with. But um, it's a large frame. 
And I thought I was fine with it, you know, especially once they put the shorter stem and the higher handlebars, like everything seemed fine, okay, until um, somebody showed up at the pump track with a medium-built frame, and it was like, oh, man, this this is, it felt so much better. It felt so much more um, livelier in the jumps, uh, the pumps, the you know, the frame shorter, um, just all around the bike just felt really, like, it felt better fit, okay? And if any of you out there have ridden a bike that is either too small or too large, um, you, you know what I'm talking about. Like, it's just got that, that kind of feel to it, especially after you've gone to a smaller bike or to a bigger bike, one that fits. So that's what happened to me. Knowing that um, I was going to get a smaller frame now, um, I started searching the Internet and trying to find out what is in stock if I, I even tried putting my dirt jumper, my current dirt jumper, as, as, as a whole up for sale until I started digging into maybe just getting the frame and using the bones off of my common saw and just put it together in a smaller frame, a medium frame. And that's what ultimately what I decided to do. But as, as everything else goes, like a lot of that stuff is just out of stock or you're going to have to wait like several months for um, which is fine if you're into that, but I, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm such a now person. Like I need it now. I want it now. Let's get it done. And, uh, so whenever Fern at trailhead mountain bike shop ended up getting these, um, these evil frames in, these evil faction two frames in, I was like, Oh man, what, uh, what do I got to do to get myself into one of those? I instantly took my bike off of the internet for sale and decided that that's what I was going to do. I was going to buy one of these frames and get everything fitted. So I took my mountain bike, or my mountain bike, I took my dirt jumper, the Commissaw Absolute, took it to Fern. He measured out some things. For example, the the um, seat post wasn't going to switch over, and the bottom bracket was different. So the bottom bracket on the Commissaw Absolute was a, um, what do you call it, threaded bottom bracket, which is great. Um, but the one on the Faction, the steel frame, is uh, mid-press um, fit. Not a big deal. The, the The bottom bracket was only $27. Um, they didn't happen to have it there. Luckily, down the road at Gnarly Bikes, they're a, um, you know, he's more geared towards uh, BMX bikes and things like that. He had it in stock. It was 27 bucks. Bought it. Took it out to Fern. Fern said, what do you want to do? You want to you wanna put this thing together? You going to put this thing together right now? I said, well, shoot, man, if you, you loan, me, uh, loan me one of those stalls over there, I'll hook this bike up and start switching everything over. And he said, all right, let's do it, because <laughs> that's the kind of guy that Fern is, too. Excuse me, take a drink. <clears throat> Excuse me. Okay, so he's like, yeah, let's get it done. Let's, let's start on it, you know, and he had bike he was working on on the other side. So we basically just kept each other company. I had a couple of questions here and there, um, and I just started, you know, I hooked the the – um, common style absolute absolute uh, and just started tearing it apart just started taking everything I needed off of it which basically breaking it down is just the handlebars handlebar stem the fork of course the tires are the wheels and the tires wheels rims and tires um, the crank and the seat not the seat post but the seat and the brakes and that's pretty much it everything else stayed with the with the commas absolute so i have that frame up for sale i'm selling it as the frame with of course the headset because the new um evil faction comes with its own headset the seat post the seat post clamp the bottom bracket and the chain i decided i was thinking that i would take the chain off it's a gold chain that i would take the chain off but 
ultimately I just decided to buy one from Fern since he had him. The half link black uh, looks really good <coughs> on this bike because it's a darker color. Anyways, it's 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 uh it's not like maybe it, it it's kind of like raw, but it's kind of it has some kind of a like thin coat on it. I don't think it's quite raw, but it looks like it. Anyways. So got everything swapped over except for we ran into a little issue with the brake. The brake is a, it's a hydraulic brake. And so I had to, I had to cut it um, to get it transferred over because on the um, common style absolute, it actually has a, um, it's internally routed through the top tube of the frame and on the faction, it's not, which is kind of nice. Cause that made everything kind of getting everything switched over uh, a lot easier. Um, but we got everything switched over. It turned out to be about six o'clock. Fern usually closes doors about six, maybe a little after. And, uh, so, and I, I knew that they had a bike ride planned later that night anyway. So, um, I went ahead, went home, uh, woke up the next day, uh, got that brake, um, hose bled and everything works. And I was super excited to, to get riding. And then, uh, but I knew that it was going to be inclement weather, which means that all day, pretty much on Saturday, it rained um, towards the end of the day. Everything kind of cleared up and decided to uh, to go check out McAllister Park with my new dirt jumper. But before I get into that, I want to go back a little bit and tell you guys some of the key features about this um, Evil Faction 2 frame. Uh, it is it is steel. It's Reynolds 520 steel tubing. Of course, it provides more strength and durability. Uh, it's got a tapered head tube. If you're looking for a dirt jumper, I suggest not purchasing a dirt jumper unless it has a tapered head tube, which I'm going to say probably 98% of these newer dirt jumpers are going to come with a tapered head tube. If you don't, I know that there are spacers that you can buy so that you can put a tapered um, fork on there. That's why you want to have a tapered head tube. Uh, also, it has um, BMX style horizontal dropouts and a mid bottom bracket. Those were the key features that uh, evil thought to um, put in their head as, as, as a uh, as a key feature I think that one that they left out was the um, integrated seat tube into the steel frame so instead of having like a collar um, on there they just kind of put a, a slot in there and a bolt and kind of made it like a pinch uh, a pinch collar um, that's built right onto the frame also, it's got external cable routing, which I think is way better because whenever you go to switch out brakes and things like that, it just makes it easier to um, to hook that thing back up to your bike and not have to route a cable or, or cut your, your hose on your hydraulic brakes. <laughs> so I thought that was cool. Um, you know, the bike, the bike feels great. Um, went out to McAllister Park and everything felt very familiar. Um, the cockpit, of course, were the handlebars that I had been using. Um, the same thing with the stem. Same thing with the fork and the tires. Um, the cranks, like everything just felt really, really familiar, like from the get-go. But smaller, like in a good way, like, right? Because like like now, even whatever, like I'm not really good at manualing, like, but I, I'm starting to get it up there and I'm starting to hold it for a few feet, you know? Like even just testing that out, um, on the flat ground like felt immediately like easier better like I could find that point like way way better right so super excited about that um, super excited about how like how the bike felt like right out of the box now a couple of things that I wanted to mention here I'm going to pull this up because 
I was looking at, what was I looking at here? Um, some of the, the differences between the faction and what the common saw had as far as the numbers go, right? So there, there's actually some pretty big increasing differences in numbers. So the one thing that I noticed the most, um, and I think between the, the head tube angle, so the head tube angle on the common saw is 69 and on the evil is 69 and a half which it's fine um i think that actually delivers a little bit more pop because the first time that i hit a little lippy jump on it like i felt like it just shot me up way more in the air than um with less effort than what the common saw did now it's hard to say that if that comes from you know the difference in the size of the frame um, or the difference in material of frame, or is it doing with this head angle? Um, because the, the head angle is now is a little bit more steep than it was from being 69 to 69 and a half. But take in consideration that all these other numbers too um, take away from you know the longer the longer frame, right? So the what, were, what was I talking about? So the, the biggest thing was like the wheelbase, right? So the wheelbase on the large was 1082 on the common saw and the maximum length of the chains are the wheelbase was 1026 is that right is am I looking at that wheelbase max wheelbase 10 1026 is the minimum 1042 is the max but on the um and I know that I'm like almost I use the half link chain so that wheelbase is considered on how far back the, the, the back wheel goes um, on those slots. And on the, uh, I'm sorry, on the Evil, I, I got it like like five mils, maybe, probably closer to like three mils from being like butted right up against the, the back of the slot. So 1082 to, I'm going to say, 1028, 1029, something like that. Like so, there's a big difference in the wheelbase right there alone. So that along that allows you, whenever you're trying to do manuals, to to put your rear end behind the axle or on top of the axle and help you find that that axis point whenever you're trying to do a manual. Um, not to mention the the top tube length, right? So the top tube length on the common cell is uh, 622. And where is that top tube? The top virtual top tube length um, is 590. You know what I mean? So that's that's quite a bit shorter too. So overall, like the bike is just smaller and more built for my frame. The the biggest thing being right. So um, the sizing fits on a medium 57 to 61. I am right at five foot eight, like on the nose without shoes on or anything. I'm I'm right at five foot eight. And the sizing for the large on the common saw starts at five foot eleven and goes to six foot seven. So I can see why I already feel more comfortable but um familiar with the way that the bike feels and is and is acting already. So I just feel like this is going to give me more confidence whenever I really do start hitting like bigger dirt jumps and um, 
progress help me progress whenever I'm doing manuals and and just tricks in general. So I'm really excited about um, doing or having this bike and being able to um, have a bike that fits because. Like I said, if you guys have ever ridden a bike that was too small or too large, like you you know whenever you get a bike that fits that you just feel more comfortable. Um, so um, I think that's that's pretty much the things that I really wanted to talk about uh, with, the, with the new Dirt Jumper. Um, sat, Saturday, like I said, um, kind of got, you know, the day, it was okay. It was really like soppy, wet but the cement or the asphalt had dried at the pump track. So I was able to get a good solid two hours of riding in before um, it got too dark that I couldn't ride anymore. <clears throat> so I really got a good feel for how the bike, how the bike, how the bike feels. I, I got to ride quite a bit on it on Sunday. Now on, um, or sorry, on Saturday, on Sunday, um, same thing, you know, the weather this weekend just hadn't been that great. So, uh, I did meet my friend Eric, um, at the new parasol pump track and got to ride that for quite a bit too. Um, but you know, the sun never came out and it just kind of made the day for, you know, drawn out, not, not like the stoke just wasn't there. But um, anytime I'm, I'm, I'm on my bike, like I'm happy and I got a good sweat in it and I got a good, you know, kind of workout in at the pump track. And if you guys don't think you can get a workout in at the pump track, you're not trying hard enough, even if you have a dirt jumper. Um, but it was, you know, it was just cold outside. Um, we ended up going to the skate park and checking that out, which is really cool. If you guys ever get a chance to check out the Parasol um, skate park, like it was really cool, very active. Even though the weather was bad, like there was there was like a couple of BMXers out there, a bunch of kids on their um, scooters, a uh, bunch of skateboarders, and um, not to mention that the, the park itself is really really nice, and it's right next to the skate park, um, so it was really cool. And uh, just just as me and Eric were kind of getting a feel for the uh, for the uh, skate park there, he 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 was trying to bunny hop up one of those curbs and pinch flat his tire. I got to reach out to him, see how what he ended up doing with that. So his day kind of ended early, which is fine. It was like four thirty, and uh, really time to, really time to uh, to close out the day. But um, today I'm going to go back out to McAllister Park, I think, and get a get a little uh, workout in up uh, out there on the dirt jump. And then uh, tomorrow, I think me and my friend Graham, uh, I think we're going to go to Reveille, uh do some riding out there. Which if he, if you guys haven't gone to Reveille Peak to ride, man, you get you, you have no idea what you're missing out on. But um, I came up with this little list of uh, reasons why you want or need a dirt jumper if you have access to a pump track, right? Because it it doesn't really it's not going to take place of your trail bike, like by no means. Even at McAllister Park, like, yeah, you can probably take this thing out, um, soften the fork up, and uh, find a taller seat, I guess. I don't know. Um, you know, whenever it comes to dirt jumpers, you don't really want a tall seat. And there's no place to put, like, a dropper seat post. So it, it's not going to take part. It's not going to take place, right? Like, it's it's one of those bikes that you want to have in your quiver, right? And if, if, if I've realized anything 
throughout these past couple of years of, of really getting into biking or mountain biking in general is like there really isn't a one trick like a one what they call it, like a quiver killer right like a one bike does it all because there's just so many different disciplines for riding and different terrains and um different um different ways to ride the bike or how you want to ride or you know disciplines this is the good word discipline because you know I have a um I have a, a Santa Cruz Bronson right and that's pretty much um a do it all bike like it's going to do it all and it's going to do it all really well there's going to be some things that it, it thrives at really really well and there's going to be some things that it does okay but it's probably not going to be the fastest bike at doing it right um, it's really right in the middle, um, and it's not going to ever take place of a dirt jumper for sure ever. Like the so, um, if you're if you're trying to race uh, XC on flat XC type terrain, like like what most of what Mac is, like my Bronson is going to do it, and it's going to do it pretty quick. It's going to be pretty efficient at it. But if you're on um, you know, a, a shorter travel, uh, 29er, right? Like, let's say you're on a, like a 115 or a 100 millimeter travel in the rear and then like another 100, 120 in the front with, uh, 2.0 or 2.35 wide tires. They're going to be trail light casing. Um, your weight's going to be more forward, you know, like the bike's going to be more disciplined to getting, putting in the miles, um, as quickly as possible and being more nimble, right? as to where my Bronson is 150 travel in the rear, 160 travel in the front. And yeah, it pedals pretty damn good, but it's not going to be any, and, and it's got bigger tires, I think is, is, is another thing that's going to be, be tough, right? Like the thing sits on 2.5 front and rear tires, you know, and then they're really big knobby grippy tires and, and, and they're really not needed there. You could get away with a, an XC tire for most of what, you're going to run into anyways at McAllister Park. But, but but what I'm getting at, right, is like there's different disciplines for different kinds of riding and what you're doing, right? So you're going to want the bike that best suits that discipline. So whenever it comes to having access to a pump truck, yes, your full suspension bike will get you there. Yes, your hard-tailed 27.5 or 29er, it'll do all of the things. But I tell you what, when you hop on a dirt jumper, and I got several people that I've loaned my dirt jumper to. Like, you get it. You 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 absolutely get it whenever you hop on a dirt jumper and you go around the uh, the pump track. Like, it's just way more efficient. It's lighter. It's more fun. You can go more than you can go around the loop more than once without just being absolutely dead, out of breath, legs tight, like they're going to freaking fall, and you're gonna have you're gonna have jelly legs. Like, that is just the right horse for the terrain right the right bike the right arrow for um for what you're shooting for you know what i'm saying so um i came up with these reasons you know or whys you want to have or need a dirt jumper if you have access to a pump track so, so keep that in mind whenever i'm going through these so the first one that i wrote down here was um it help it helps teaches you the pumping techniques when going over the rollers or to maintain or pick up speed right so once you once you get used to the timing of the rollers right like now you can you can start slowing down and almost being at a stop and then learn how to pump into those rollers and and create your own speed 
and, and, and that transfers over to the trail. So whenever you see a roller or you see a dip in the terrain, that means that you can push down and pump that as a roller and get speed without having to put these pedal cranks in so that you can help maintain or pick up speed. So it's going to help you um, on the trails. The, 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 the abilities, or I'm sorry, the, the things that you learn on the pump track are going to directly go right over to the trail for riding, right? Uh, number two, um, turning and leaning in and out of berms or turns. Uh, either, either one, right? Because, um, for example, you create this speed and you want to hold this speed through all lines of the trail, really, you know, especially if you're into any kind of racing or trying to carry your speed to hit a jump that comes out of a berm or feeling just the lean um, into the turn, like they're just more fun whenever you get um, good at hitting berms and turns, right? And the dirt jumper is going to help you improve in those skills because um, you're going to get more comfortable and you'll be able to do more reps at a pump track because um, you don't have to go to the to the top of these hills to hit these three or four berms every time you want to practice your berms. Rather, on a pump track, you know, you just rest up for a little bit and you can get right back into it. And that's going to help teach you how to lean the bike over, um, it's going to help teach you how to carry speed through those berms without brake checking. And that's going to obviously, uh, again, directly roll over into the skills that you're going to need to um, to do better out on the trails. So um, number three, uh, manualing rollers or just generally manualing. Like the bike's a little bit smaller. It's a little bit more nimble. So you're going to be able to learn these um, attributes um, a lot faster and a lot easier with less um, with less effort and less risk, right? Um, because sometimes uh, you can get stuck, you know, trying to learn how to do a manual, and you know, you maybe don't kick out in time, and you learn, <laughs> you land out on your butt. I don't know. I just feel like learning to do these things is going to be easier on a dirt jumper, um, and you're going to learn them faster at a pump track, especially like manualing over rollers or trying to carry that that speed with a manual or um just looking cool because you can do it <laughs> uh number four um just being more comfortable with steeper um lippy jumps right so when you're you're at a a skate park or a dirt jumps or at um a pump track Anything that you usually just about anything that you jump off of unless it unless you're trying to gap some rollers or double some rollers or something like that you're going to face the top of the, the a really steep lip that comes out of a a berm or a um or a bowl and I think that whenever you get used to the speed and trying to table some of these gaps that they have at these pump tracks. It just helps you deal with the energy that you need to, the, the speed and the energy that you need to um, create to come off of the, the tops of these lips. Because a lot of them, they go down into the bottom of the bowl after a roller, and then you come back up. And that the face of that jump, a lot of times, is either eye level or a slightly taller than whenever as you're coming up to the lip. So it kind of gets you used to looking at a steep lip 
and knowing what to do with that energy once once you're at the top of the uh, the top or the crest of the the jump, also is going to help you um, know what it's like to be thrown up in the air and then nose back down into um, into a transition. So uh, I think that that's 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 definitely um, if if you're scared of steeper jumps, whenever it comes to mountain biking, like that's going to help a lot because not all not all jumps are created the same as we all know right there's 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 obvious mountain bike jumps and then there's like these lippier jumps that are um more like a bmx or dirt jump style jumps but you find them a lot on uh, mountain bike trails too so you'll be able to know what to do whenever you come up to something like that <clears throat> uh where was i at manual through rollers comfortable with lippy jumps um you know, it's just having number five, just like it, it's more fun and less effort than having your full suspension bike at a pump track or a um, skate park or the dirt jumps. Yeah, your hardtail, you know, 27.5 plus will probably do it. And yeah, your full suspension will do it, but it's going to take much more effort. And with these, you just learn so much more and it becomes so much more fun if you have a dirt jumper to hit these um, pump tracks with um, number six and I think this is probably this is probably my favorite one or the the reason the the biggest reason why I think if you like mountain biking um, why you need a dirt jumper right because in South Texas we don't get a lot of rain um, but this year we did we got a lot of rain which meant that the trails throughout the summer um, there would be, uh, you know, quite a few days in between whenever it would rain before you could get back out on a ride, right? So, you know, in the summer, it's not such a big deal because it's so hot here. If it rains a little bit in the morning, usually by later in the afternoon, you know, especially like 8, 9 o'clock, you can probably get on the road or get back on the trails depending on what the weather's like. But there are some days, weeks, that we had so much rain that you literally, or there would be multiple days in a row that you would have rain. And, you know, not everybody has the same days off as the rain comes. <laughs> so you might not, you might go several weeks before you get a chance to ride your bike, um, especially this past summer because of how wet it was. So if you were to at least have a dirt jumper, you wouldn't be stuck just riding your, your mountain bike on these flat, um, not very fun uh, paved trails or paved uh, um, greenways that we have, which are really nice. I'm super, I'm super happy that we have them here in uh, in San Antonio, Texas. But um, if you're a mountain bike rider, you really want to be on the dirt more than you want to be on the pavement. Well, at least having a dirt jumper and being able just to wait until the pavement dries you can still advance in these skills with the pumping and the rollers and the manuals and the jumps and things like that um, as opposed to just um, not having one and just doing the best you can on your um, on whatever bike you have at the pump track uh, so yeah on the the rainy crappy days all you gotta do is wait for it to dry up and you can uh, you can hit the pump track I think that's a good reason to have a dirt jumper what else uh, I think uh, they're, they're low maintenance. They're real low maintenance, these bikes, right? Um, there's not a rear cassette. It, they're 
you know, 90% of them are single speeds. Um, so there's no need to have uh, a rear derailleur or a shifter. Uh, you only have one brake, and that's usually in the rear. I mean, if you want to have, if you get good enough and you want to do those tricks with the uh, with the front brake, like so be it. Um, my I have a, a spot on my front rim to have a uh, a rotor. So, I mean, it can be done, but just adds weight to the bike that you don't need, and you just don't really need it. They're just really low-maintenance bikes. There's nothing to really do to them. Lube the chain. That's about it. <clears throat> um, I think that these bikes also might be a little bit easier to um, learn tricks on versus any other bike because they're they're lighter. They're just more mobile, and uh, that's what they're built for. They're built for doing tricks and jumps and whips and and stoppies and like th like the bikes made to take this kind of abuse. Same as your same as your your um, your uh, mountain bike is you know what i mean it, it's there to take some of that kind of abuse but um i think you're going to advance faster and learn things on um this kind of a bike rather than um you know having to ride every hill and every jump um over and over again um that you can do the same thing on a circle pump track um and the last but not least you just simply look cooler whenever you pull up on your dirt jumper to a pump track a skate park or the dirt jumps you just simply look cooler anyways that's 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 what i have to say about that i'm super stoked super stoked to have this bike um and to have a dirt jumper um just in general so uh moving along here you know i started out today um getting back trying to trying to get my health back in check right um, since I've been here, I've gained some weight. Also, I haven't. I, I can count on one hand the amount of times that I went to the gym or did a home workout that didn't have to do with bike riding. And uh, uh, I've definitely suffered from it. And I think it's taken it's taken a little bit of time because, you know, I, I basically retired from playing um, a high level of playing paintball, and I got into mountain biking, and it was it's great, right? Like there's there's Mountain biking helps keep you in shape for sure, 100%. Like helps keep you in shape, and if you're eating the right things and you're 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 you know putting a workout in here or there, you know throughout the week, and you're riding your bike, like there's there's no excuse why you shouldn't stay in shape, and be losing weight, right? Well, I I just simply haven't been doing those, and and I've just been riding my bike, but I've been drinking lots of beer after some of the rides. I've I, I I've you know I've expelled all my energy, so I'm just like eating everything in sight, like I'm overeating. Anyways, what I'm getting at is that um, earlier, or sorry, a um, couple months ago, I did my first enduro race, and um, I wasn't in very good shape. I'm still not in very good shape. But what it has done is it has given me the drive to want to um, better myself because uh, I've been lucky. Most of my life I've been – um, I've been an athlete. I've been a competitive athlete. And for the first couple of riding years here, I just haven't had anything to compete with other than learning how to ride the bike well, right? And uh, having fun and drinking beers um, after afterwards. And uh, I've really grown accustomed to that. But with that being said, um, that's all I've been doing to keep in shape. And since this this 
this enduro racing thing has kind of entered my life. It's given me like this new reason to want to get back into better shape so that I compete. And it's not so much, I'm not competing for a team or just competing for yourself, but I can see, I can see the drive of wanting to compete with the team or even wanting to be on the podium. So there's a new enduro race series coming up. It's the, um, Southern Enduro Tour. Um, first one's going to be at uh, Comfort in Comfort, Texas, at the Flat Rock, Flat Rock, yeah, Flat Flat Rock Ranch, which is one of my favorite places to ride. Whenever you can ride there, they're currently off season for hunting or or something like that. But the first leg of the series is there, in basically a month from now. So, um, oh man, it's the twentieth today. So. I would like to be 20 pounds lighter in about 20 days, <laughs> but that's probably not going to happen, but I'm going to try to get there as quick as I can because the, the next race is actually on the 17th, I believe. And, um, I started today, um, you know, trying to get my health in line because I, I want to compete and I want to be competitive, right? Yes, I can compete at my current size and my current weight in my current, um, physique, but, um, I don't want to, I want to be better because that's just who I am. And now I have this drive of competing in a race to, to do it at. So I'm, I'm really stoked. So today I got up early. Um, I would have liked to get up a little bit earlier than I did, but nonetheless, I got up early, got outside, got a walk in, came in, got my coffee, made a good breakfast. And, um, to start the day, uh, I've had a really good healthy lunch, just some, some, uh, rice and some beef, um, and some chicken. And, um, I feel really good right now. Um, starting to take my supplements again. I already feel like this burst of this burst of energy of something I got to do with. So as soon as, soon as I'm done, uh, creating this podcast and, and getting it uploaded, I'm getting right to the, uh, right to the pump track or right to the trails or something. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm doing something, but um, yeah, I just have this this newfound like reason to get my diet back in check and to get um, lose some weight, get healthier, and work on my stamina and you know something more than just riding bikes, which is great. But like I said, if I'm not um, if I'm not putting it together with diet and exercise, like it's just it's just not going to be as good. Um, the next thing on my list that I wanted to visit with you guys about, let me see how much time I got. I was try, I'm trying to keep these things down to around an hour because I don't know how long, um, how long these things are supposed to last. But if it's just me by myself and I'm just rambling because Rudy rambles, um, about these things, uh, <laughs> I don't know how long I can keep your attention for. So I'm, I'm trying to keep these things to around an hour and unless I just, you know, some, some subjects you get onto and you just talk and talk and talk and you have all this enthusiasm to talk about them for we're only about a half hour in by the way so um the next thing i wanted to visit with you guys about is uh night riding you know the days are short and the nights are the the nights are really long you know what i mean so a lot of us you know get off work at you know five o'clock six o'clock and a lot of us go into work at, you know, seven o'clock, eight o'clock, you know, some six, I'm sure. And, um, you know, just have these really long, long days that you barely get to see any sun and you don't have to have time to ride. 
unless you're going to go night riding. And in order to do that, you have to have some really good lights. I uh, recently went out with a, a night ride with a friend of mine that did not have good lights, and he couldn't keep up because of the physical aspect of the ride. The guy couldn't see. I mean, plain and simple, he just couldn't see. And he had lights. He just didn't have adequate lights. Excuse me, I'll take a drink here. I don't know why, but it seems like my voice gets, <clears throat> excuse me, gets really hoarse. And um, I, I can hear it changing in the headphones. Anyway, so night riding. So you need, you need to have, you need to have good lights. You do. Um, because yeah, any lights are going to work, but if I'm not going the speed that I want to go, I'm not having fun. And then I'm just pedaling to pedal. Like that just doesn't seem like fun or worth the, um, extra effort it takes to go night riding, right? Cause to go night riding, you have to take a lot of things in consideration besides just having a good set of lights, right? Like, um, it's cooler outside, so you gotta you gotta keep in mind that you might want to layer up, you know, maybe have a couple of different, you know, a cotton shirt on, maybe like a long sleeve, um, dry fit material, jersey material, maybe. Um, me personally, I want to have long sleeves on whenever I ride because, let me warn you guys about the damn spiders at freaking McAllister Park. Like, I like riding there. I know the trail that I'd like to ride so I can put in a good 11 miles, 10 and a half, 11 miles. But whenever you get out there and you start getting into the later hours, you know, that, that seven or eight o'clock area, like these really big, massive barn spiders that aren't there to be aggressive, but they have these big freaking webs that they, they stretch their web across the um the trail the single track part of the trail and um you know so they can catch bugs and eat at night or whatever you know but um i want to have long sleeves on because uh i don't know it just makes me feel better whenever i don't actually feel the webs that i run through or the webs that i can't see um most of the time having these these really good lights have been have saved me like i've i've come up to areas i've come up to areas in the trail where there's obviously this big freaking um, spider and spider web, and you're able to duck out of the way or go around it rather than through it. And um, you definitely want to have good lights at uh, McAllister Park. But, um, you know, you have to take in consideration the time that you go, when you're going to get done, what you're going to do afterwards. Um, and it, there, you know, you probably want to ride, make sure that you ride with, at least one other person. Um, I certainly don't have an, the same amount of fun going by myself on any bike ride as I do without at least having one friend along. And being at night is, is a little sketchy uh, by yourself, even if you know the trails really well. There's even been some times where I get a little ahead of everybody else in the group or the person I'm riding with. And uh, even I feel a little sketched out. Uh, <laughs> so I slow down. Or, um, or if somebody uh, gets ahead of me a, a ways, I'll, I'll speed up just to make sure that I, I'm with the pack. <laughs> Maybe that's just me. I don't know. Um, but back to, back to the, back to the lights real quick. So I run this, um, this is a badass light. It's, uh, it's called Nightcore. Um, you can check it out at www.nightcore.com, Nightcore. Um, this is the BR35 and 
you need to have one light on your handlebar and one light on your helmet attached some way. That's going to give you like the best the best viewings, right? So this night core, the BR35, it's got um, four settings for lamp. So, um, excuse me, it tops out at like 1800 lumens. Um, but whenever I first got this light, um, I wasn't sure of the battery life. So I just used it on the number one setting, which is more than enough. Um, with both lights, so it's got it's got a it's got a beam light that goes out a little ahead of you, and then it's got this this bottom light that points down like basically right in front of your tire, um, which is really good. So you get this really wide range of spectrum of a light, and then it's got these four settings. And then on top, it tells you um, how much battery you have left, um, not by bars. It does do it by bars, but it also does it by time. So at, at setting one, I have like seven hours of runtime, and then um, just recently I used it um, on a ride, um, uh, on a ride, and I used it on setting three. It had has one more setting, and even on that setting, um, we went out for a two-hour ride, and whenever I got done, I still had an hour of battery life. So even at setting four, which I think is overkill because setting one's good enough, and setting setting two is probably where I'll just ride this thing like no matter what, just to make sure I can run it without having to charge it, you know, two or three times, or having to charge it every time, knowing that I'm going to go on a two and a half hour bike ride, like I can probably use it on the number two setting for like three bike rides and not have to worry about. Um, charging it. Not to mention, it's got a uh, it's got a timer on there that tells you how much time you have left um, on the charge, depending on what setting you use. The other cool thing is that you don't always have to use both of these lights. You can use the top, um, or you can use both or just the bottom light. So that's going to save you battery life too. And I put that one on my handlebar, and I absolutely love it. Uh, a friend of mine, I use a friend of the reason the way that I found this is because a friend of mine had this same one. I was like, oh, that's, and I was able to use it. We're we're kind of in a dusk situation where it was kind of getting darker, but um, probably would have been fine. But he had both of his lights, so he um, gave me the handlebar light, and he used his helmet light. Um, so that's how I found that light. Now this other light that I have is the Knight Rider uh, 900 lumen boost and I think it boosts it and puts out like 1200 which is again more than you need because um, again my first ride with this light um, I just used the number one setting and we were out for a two and a half hour bike ride and still had plenty of light but our battery I think because I used it the next or like I used it like a week later for another right bike ride that was only about an hour um, it still didn't run out of battery, but I, I don't know exactly how long this thing will go. But I did recently just use this um, in its number three setting along with the Nightcore in its number three setting. And uh, it went the full two and a half hours and um, was doing fine. Uh, but honestly, I would probably just, I would, I would never go on a bike ride with it on the third setting because the number one setting is really really good it's more it's 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 all that you need and more um, yeah things could be a little bit brighter you could you could bump it up to the number two but the number three is almost an overkill like this doesn't make sense to have the trail that bright <laughs> um, and I put that one on my helmet that's my that's my helmet mounted light and it works great and the reason that you want to have um, two lights 
is because the one that's on your bar is obviously going to stay in front of your handlebars. It's going to look directly in front of you no matter where you're going. But the one that's attached to your helmet, if you're um, if you're a good enough bike rider that you look uh, far enough ahead of you or around turns and corners, um, that's what the the light on top is going to do is is going to give you the benefit of looking far ahead and um you know that way you can make um changes to the trails or as they come to you you can see them rather than going around a a, a turn and not being able to finish that turn or waiting for your handlebars to come back around so you can see up the trail <laughs> so um you you'll get it whenever you get you get a couple of different lights you'll understand but take it from me if you want to ride um, as fast as you do during the day at night, get yourself two good lights, one for your handlebar and one for your helmet, and you will have a blast riding just as much fun, I think, um, as riding at night as during the day. Um, you know, moving on to the next thing that I wanted to talk about was 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 pink bikes field tests. I don't know. Do you guys do you guys watch this? Like they do i would love nothing more than to be a part of this of pink bikes field test i would love 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 and i and, and i think you know that's whenever I, I was flipping these bikes i was buying like these these you know two two thousand twenty five hundred dollar bikes and then basically running them doing like a review on them and then flipping that bike taking the money getting a more expensive bike or a different bike and um, I did that with the uh, the giant trance, and I did it with the the stump jumper, and I took the money that I got from both of them, and I got this Norco now, um, because I just I just really like riding different bikes. I like I like knowing how they feel on a trail. I also like the feeling the difference in the suspension components. Um, both of my bikes have really good suspension components. Now, whenever you go from a really nice, expensive, top-end um, suspension component and you go down to a lesser of a grade, like, you know immediately, like, what what that component is missing and why you paid the extra money for the better component. Now, there are some components out there that are going to be, what do you say, like, on the edge, right? Like, for example, the Marzocchi Bomber Z1 or Z2. Like, if you're looking at the Z1, like, that's basically a, a, a Fox 36 um, with a grip damper. Not a grip 2, but a grip damper. Like, that's basically the same fork, but it's going to be about $250 cheaper than buying the Fox one. And probably the same if you're looking to buying, like, a, uh, a Lyric or something like that. Um, the Marzocchi Z2 bomber, you know, is basically like a Pike or a Fox 34, um, but it's got the same grip damper in there, and it, it's like that particular fork is like really threads the line or really makes the line gray whenever you're trying to um, buy uh, a really nice component but stay budget friendly, right? Um, I would not be afraid to run that fork um, as a uh, as a full-time enduro fork or trail bike fork for sure. Of course, they don't make anything in a 38 like the Zeb or the Fox 38 stanchions, but if they did, like I would not shy away from that brand. Now, you look at some of the lower component um, 
like rock shocks let's say the the recon or the reeb or um evolution or something like that like the price the price difference isn't the same but they come on these cheaper bikes and you can feel the difference in those components i guess is, is what i'm getting at um going for something high end, higher end to something lower end on um the same build of bike even you know what i mean so if you get like a like that stump jumper was just a base model but if you get the very next one up like the components on that bike is like so much better um you like feel the difference instantly um anyways so <laughs> off subject again because i'm just rambling back to the pink bike field test right what i what i really like about this is like i think about like what would be what would be out of these 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 field test bikes that they that they have what would be the best bike for um for south texas for for my area of riding and the and the kind of riding that i like to do and um so far the, my the favorite bike that they've um reviewed or talked about was the uh 4060 score it's a sister company of bmc and they've been making bikes for a long time take a drink here uh, i can feel my voice getting raspy <clears throat> excuse me um i think so far um from what i've watched anyways i think this 4060 score would be like the the, probably the best South Texas bike, and I think you could probably do a bit of these uh, enduro races uh, with this bike. Now, it's I would consider it a true trail bike because um, the bike that they tested it with was with the Lyric. So with the Lyric, for sure, you could do some of these enduro races here in South Texas. But it is um, it comes with a with a pike, and I think that bike would probably be like a really really good like all-around trail bike for anything that you could put in front of it here in texas it's a 29er um what is it like 140 rear um 150 front i think um but what they were talking about this bike like i feel like this bike would be the best bike for south texas the only thing that they had to say really bad about it was that it had this compartment in between the shock and the back of the the rear triangle that just holds mud and in south texas like we're, you're never gonna ride in those conditions like basically ever and if you do it might be once in in, in four years of riding a bike or something like that that you would run into enough downhill run that you would actually collect mud and have to worry about that Otherwise, we're always in dry and dusty conditions, and I just think that this bike would be a really cool bike. I, I would love to get my hands on this bike and do, like, my own field test here in South Texas like I did with the with the other bikes that I've I've kind of um, ran through here in the area. Uh, and I, that would be, like, a dream job. I guess that's kind of what I'm, what I'm doing here, what I'm trying to do between my YouTube channel and trying to get this, uh, podcast going, you know, is like, I don't, I, I don't want to work the average job. I want to do something that I want to do. And I want to ride bikes. I want to review bikes. I want to talk about bikes. <laughs> uh, I, I enjoy doing videos. I'm really, you know, this, 
I know it's new, but this whole podcasting just seems like a blast. I can't wait to to have somebody that wants to actually come on my show and like do an interview or you know just visit with them about something uh, in general, you know, something bike related, of course, um, on on the channel because that's that's just what I want to do. I don't want to live I don't want to live my life doing what I used to do. You know, I, I did it for long enough and um, it's not fun to me. It's not living and doing something like this that I, I love and I want to do and making something of it that that's what I want to do. So if you uh, if you want to love and support and uh, help me out, help a brother out here, you know, if you're uh, listening to me on YouTube, don't forget to uh, leave me a comment about what the, what we we're talking about today and what you think about it. And, uh, you know, give me a thumbs up. Uh, hit that bell notification so you know whenever these things are coming out or whenever I come out with a video. Um, you know, I think the next step is, you know, in order to try to get myself some help is, you know, try to start coming out with maybe some merchandise, maybe start myself a little Patreon, you know, try to try to get try to get a little bit of an income because ultimately, you know, like I love doing it, but what would be even better is if I could afford to um, have these bikes and flip these bikes and uh, have everything paid for through the the YouTube and the merchandise and you know podcasts and things like that like that would just be the ultimate goal I guess and and that's 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 what I'm doing that's where I'm at that's 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 where I want to be with this thing so um yeah I don't know what else to say about that I kind of again just get on these rambling fits about uh certain things and uh just kind of roll with it but if you guys have listened this long, I really, really do appreciate it. Again, I will try to be coming out with a new uh, podcast every Monday and possibly every uh, Friday um, so you guys can listen to me and uh, get to know me a little bit more. And, uh, yeah, hit me up uh, on my um, Instagram. It's M-T-B-A-N-D-R-U-D-Y. Uh, let me know if you want to go for a ride. Let me know if you want to be a guest on my show, if you want to hang out and, and, and talk sometime. I'd uh, like to schedule that out with somebody and uh, see if I can get a regular on the show that uh, we can coordinate because I think these things work a little bit better if you just have a little bit of a back and forth or maybe somebody to do my uh, my video editing. If you're, into, if you're into video editing, give me a call so I can sit down and, and throw some ideas off you. But thanks again for listening to the uh, Rudy Rambles podcast. Peace out. Go ride your bike.